listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 14th of July, 2021. Later, buy now, pay later shares. They have been smashed today amid competition from global heavyweights. But first, let's talk about consumer confidence because it has risen despite the onset of the Sydney lockdowns. The Westpac Consumer Sentiment Index rose 1.5 points in July to a read of around 109. Anything above 100 suggests optimists outnumber pessimists. For more, I spoke earlier with Westpac's Chief Economist, Bill Evans. Bill, how would you describe consumer confidence right now, especially in the context of the Sydney lockdowns? Well, Ricardo, the overall index jumped by 1.5%. I guess we must be all a bit surprised about that, given the lockdown in Sydney. And certainly the Sydney index was down by 13.6%, but it was offset by strength in other states. In particular, Victoria up 15% and Western Australia up 10.5%. So basically what we're seeing at the moment is that the concerns that we have in New South Wales are not filtering into the rest of the into the rest of the country. And that's a little different to what we saw back in um, in July, August, September last year, where the weakness in where the shutdown in Victoria uh, was spilling over into confidence in the other states. For instance, the New South Wales measure at that time averaged 88 compared to the 108 that we're seeing at the moment. Where is this confidence coming from? Uh, look, I think the overall confidence in, uh, in Victoria and Western Australia and to a lesser extent the other states apart from New South Wales is coming from the rebound from the reopening of those states. So we had very weak numbers in those states last month. And in fact, over the course of... of um, uh, May, June, we saw a 10% fall in the overall index. Uh, and that was being driven by weakness in Victoria, Western Australia, and to a lesser extent, Queensland. So they've now rebounded as their economies have reopened. In terms of strength, in particular, we're seeing strength amongst tradespeople. So the confidence of tradespeople is up 17%. Uh, the, the house building boom, uh, the renovation and additions boom. And of course, in New South Wales, building sites have not closed down. So that's the outstanding sector that we're seeing in terms of confidence. The survey, though, predates that of the extended and harsher Sydney lockdowns. Surely that'll impact the next read. Uh, yes. So the survey was was July 5 to 9 and we had the announcement of the uh, of the tightening of restrictions on July 9. So one would expect that if the survey had been done after that, we would have seen even weaker numbers. But of course, we're hearing now from the government that this lockdown will only last for two weeks, which will happen uh, uh, if that is the case, then, then the lockdown will be over before the next survey and we'll expect to see a very strong rebound if that is the case. We heard about the government assistance to those impacted financially by COVID, both businesses and individuals. How will it help the state? I think it's been well received and rightly so. Uh, we saw last year that government stimulus was incredibly important to hold the economy together. Uh, if I think of JobKeeper, uh, $750 a week, this number is $600. It's uh, not as, uh, as, as cleanly administered as it was last year where the money comes from the employer. Uh, rather than having to apply at Centrelink, but I still believe that the uh, the government's initiatives are going to provide an important role in uh, buffering the New South Wales economy from this lockdown. 
any implications for monetary policy at all? Uh, Look, I think if I look at the lockdown, and I'm sure the Reserve Bank will look at it in the same way, there are a few rules that we've learned from last time. And the first one, of course, is that when when the lockdown ends, you have a very strong rebound and you regain quite a lot of the activity that has been lost during the lockdown. As you know, the Australian economy was back at pre-COVID levels uh, in the March quarter this year. I think you'd be looking at the support that the government has given and once again, looking at how important that was uh, last time around, I think you'd be taking comfort from the fact that the rest of the economy is in boom time and we've seen very strong cons- uh, confidence numbers, the rest of the economy. And of course, that the New South Wales economy went into this uh, lockdown with very strong momentum. So I think when the lockdown ends, we'll see the momentum uh, be recovered. So I can't really put a number on how much GDP will be lost in this process. I don't think anyone really could feel confident in doing that. We don't even know how long it'll last. But we, what we can be confident about is that when the lockdown is over, the rebound will regain a fair bit of the lost activity during the lockdown itself. Bill Evans there, the Chief Economist of Westpac. Now let's move to the buy now, pay later space and local shares in there were smashed today after pay down 9.5%, zip 11.4% and that's because of a couple of reasons. PayPal, it launched its pay in four buy now, pay later service here in Australia today and there are also reports that global giant Apple may do the same at some point soon. For more, I spoke earlier with Sally Tyndall from Rate City. Sally, PayPal is launching today in Australia its uh, pay-in-for service, but just how different is it to the other 20-plus buy-now-pay-later services in Australia? Well, this new pay-in-for option from PayPal is very similar to Afterpay. It doesn't charge interest. Uh, It gets uh, customers to make four equal instalments over the course of six weeks. But there are two noticeable differences. PayPal is not charging late fees, whereas Afterpay does. Uh, PayPal is also not setting one standard credit limit across the board. They're going to be determining customers' credit limit on a case-by-case basis on the data they have on you. So when you put that into context of how it could disrupt the industry, along with the potential for Apple, there are reports that it could enter the market too. How could it change things? Big payments giants are all entering the buy now, pay later market. They've seen the success it's had to date and they want a slice of that pie. These big heavy hitters could make a dent in the likes of Afterpay and Zip. However, We could also see the sector just grow because there's no one limiting the number of buy now, pay later accounts you can sign up to. So we could find Australians branching out and signing up to all the different accounts rather than just sticking to one. So what does this mean for the incumbents like Afterpay, like Zip, both Aussie companies? Afterpay and Zip, they'll be worried about these new players in their space, but they're probably more worried about what regulation could come around the corner now that you've got the likes of uh, PayPal and potentially even Apple joining the sector. Uh, The government so far has had a very much a hands-off approach when it comes to regulation. They've allowed the industry to self-regulate. They've come up with their own code of conduct, but... PayPal is not signing up to that code of practice and that puts a glaring big hole in the credibility of it.
So let's expand more on that. What do consumers need to know when using these services? Because the headlines seem all pro-consumer. The success of Buy Now, Pay Later has been in its simplicity with no complicated sign-up processes, uh, no interest to pay. And in the case of PayPal, absolutely no fees, not even late fees. Uh, But... Just because something seems free doesn't mean you won't get into trouble using it. Uh, in We know from the latest ASIC report that 20% of buy now, pay later users overspent on the platforms and then didn't have enough money to pay for essentials such as bills and food. Uh, you can still get yourself into a world of pain using these platforms, particularly for those people using multiple platforms. Sally Tindall there from Rate City, but if you're an investor, what's the future for the incumbents like Afterpay and Zip here in Australia? For more on that, I spoke earlier with Niv Dagen from Peak Asset Management. Niv, the big movers on the market today, buy now, pay later companies, given PayPal's entry into the market, the likes of Zip and Afterpay have been standout performers in 2020, although some of the heat has come out of it in 2021. What's the future hold for them, though? Yeah, Ricardo, we've seen Zip Money and Afterpay down about 9 and 10% respectively in today's trading session. And that's been on the back of a report by Bloomberg that Apple's actually partnered with Goldman Sachs to develop its own buy now, pay later uh, to its customers. So that's put a lot of pressure. And in the face of uh, increased competition and also PayPal entering the market, that's driving the, the sector lower uh, in today's trades. The other thing, though, it's not just dedicated buy now, pay later operators. The banks are also muscling in. Why? And given that there are more than 20 players in this space in Australia, is consolidation in the industry a sure thing? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, we have seen the buy now, pay later uh, really is coming to fruition at the moment. Um, And not only, as you said, the afterpays of the world and zip money has been under pressure, but we've seen Commonwealth Bank coming to the market. And some of the local banks are coming into the market with their own uh, buy now, pay later solutions. So Step Pay, for example, that's offer essentially a neobank at 0% interest uh, issued by the Commonwealth Bank. That's putting a lot of pressure. And as you said, 20 or so in, in, in play. And that's uh, we do expect some consolidation in the space for sure. Back to the um, broader market. Like yesterday, the market opened strongly and then lost a lot of steam. What's on the mind of investors? Look, it's inflation. I mean, US inflation, based on a monthly perspective, is the highest it's been in 13 years. So that's putting a little bit of jitters and and a little bit of cautiousness across the ASX and and, and broader market. Uh, All eyes will be in US inflation as well as the reporting season that's kicking off. And then we've got Australian reporting season kicking off over the next few weeks. So, look, investors are currently subdued. Uh, Trading volumes are slightly lower than, than it has been in the last few months. Uh, And all eyes will be obviously on macroeconomic data and US uh, earnings. Just finally, in this environment, how are you investing? What are the opportunities? Look, we've taken a bit of profits off the table of late. Um, We we do still like the commodities. If if we expect that inflation to go up, usually commodities are denominated in US dollars. So we're expecting commodities such as gold, such as defensive, and those um, uh, essentially stocks that have a very large composition of the earnings in US dollars, such as the CSLs and ResMeds, should outperform. But we are keeping a very close eye on the US and then Australian reporting season to, to be the next catalyst. 
Niv Dagan there from Peak Asset Management. The Australian share market ended up stronger, so regaining some of the losses in the middle of the afternoon, up by 0.3% on the S&P ASX 200, 7,354. That is SBS on the money for this Wednesday. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and on TikTok at Business Ricardo. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.